Hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of Cultiverse. This week we'll be running down a few news stories and then we're going to talk about uh, The Walking Dead season 8 thus far, episodes 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm Carl. And I'm Tom. It feels like no time at all since we recorded the last one. I know. One. It's so, like, almost like we're not, we've not moved or done anything. Almost like we're recording them both in the same <laughs> afternoon. But, you know, perish the thought of that. If so. you wanna, yeah, as always, if you want to catch us on Twitter, it's at CultiverseCast. And on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Cultiverse. I thought you were going to say, like, Instagram.com slash Cultiverse to throw people off. Like, it's, I mean, we it's, could it's have on Instagram. Facebook, but it's on Instagram.com. Um, it's, I mean, the lifestyle we live at the moment is very glamorous. I mean, Absolutely. We're in those <laughs> ivory towers right now. Yeah, like We've got some incredible like Joe Rogan podcast set up right now. It's it's looking good. You Absolutely, know. we have got nothing to worry about for the rest of our lives. We're really. actually huddled around a hut in in some horrible place and got this vile mic and uh, yeah that's the situation we're, we're basically in that barn from Stranger Things and we have no idea <laughs> where we are and we're just like well we might as well record an episode of Cultiverse I guess I think the, the barn from Stranger Things would be nicer than, than here but it, yeah it's a good point it's not that great but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway the first bit of news this week uh, is other, that other than us being home of course <laughs> you know other than that and, and slowly going mad and speaking into this microphone. As we're going to do over the course of this hour. Mr. You know. Plinkett style. Exactly, Mr. Plinkett style. Getting the hookers. Yeah, so yeah, let's, <laughs> let's try again with that first piece of news, yeah. The first bit of news this week is that um, we might be getting a Lord of the Rings uh, TV adaptation. Woo! Amazon has been in talks with Warner Bros. And reportedly even uh, Amazon CEO uh, Jeff Bezos uh, has been personally involved in the project. Mm. So what, what are your thoughts on this? It's an interesting question. One does yeah. not simply adapt, you know, a famous work of fiction. Unless one is Peter Jackson, in no, which exactly. case one certainly does. <laughs> um, or he does The Hobbit and then adapts it into three films. So, um, yeah, no, cool news. I'm open to the idea of another Lord of the Rings adaptation. It's been, what, getting on towards 15, 20 years since? Certainly 15 years. Oh, Wow. You think you it's, like it's, the begin- it's the beginning of the 2000s, pretty much? That yeah, was it 2003, 2004, uh, Return of the King? Uh, did they do it over there? I thought Fellowship was even earlier than that. Yes, I'm saying Return. Uh, so, Return of the King. Uh, sorry, Fellowship of the Ring was. Was it 2001, 2003, two, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, since the beginning of it, you're getting towards That's mad. 20 years since That's that. That's mad. Certainly 15. But That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, so. I think enough time has has just about passed, although it's really in popular culture because of The Hobbit as well, but enough time has passed to do a new adaptation, do a new take on it. Um, but I, I don't think... I, that's what I took from this was that they're not going to adapt the Lord of the Rings trilogy, or as a book, it's not really a trilogy. I, I don't... Is that what they're going to do? I, I felt like they're going to explore other elements of Middle-earth and th- rather just get the licence. Yeah, um... I don't, so I don't think what, because it hasn't been a press release, it's all been rumours and reports, I think Variety first reported it, and then a few other outlets, and so we don't know for sure whether, I I think it's safe to assume it's not a Hobbit adaptation, not a Hobbit, uh, Hobbit adaptation, but uh, we don't know whether it's Lord of the Rings, they're just adapting the three books again, or whether, or sorry, the one book again, or whether they are going to a different bit of a universe, like Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor did, um, we're not entirely sure on that. So, would you rather them do it? I don't think I don't think that'd be silly enough to uh, adapt Lord of the Rings because I, I you know Game of Thrones has struggled with this, but I mean to adapt to adapt the um, Lord of the Rings better than Peter Jackson has already done. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think they'd be able to do. It. I mean, they'd be able to fit in a lot more character development and explore other bits. 
Uh, but in terms of just pure, you know, the scale of the battles and the mm-hmm. conflicts, um, I don't think they'd be able to match that. I mean, unless Amazon is throwing <laughs> endless amounts of gold bars uh, well, at mean, the project. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the rumours that it's costing them like hundreds of millions, and that's why HBO pulled out. Apparently, Netflix might still be competing with Amazon, but it's going to be an expensive project, so maybe... Maybe I mean, I'd, I'd, prefer, gonna... I'd prefer they'd explore, you know, something we've not seen before rather than rehash, um, rehash, the, you know, some of the best films they've ever made, in sure. my opinion. So it, it would be a real struggle for, for them to match that level of quality. Um, but that being said, they could, I mean, uh, it's a long book. They could stretch it out over a good three, three four seasons, make it, make it really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, you know, a whole generation has grown up with the Lord of the Rings trilogy and, um, as you say, I mean, apart from The Hobbit, which is mostly disappointing, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a you know a huge appetite out there for for fantasy, as as you know, as Game of Thrones has proved. So I think that um, I think Game of Thrones is one of the things that feels like has spurred on this trying to get another adaptation of something to do with Tolkien. Is that fantasy is the in thing right now? Yeah. Sort of Stranger Things. To yeah, I mean, and well. and in this world is so huge. There's so much they could explore in in the, in the mythology. There's there's huge areas we never saw in in the in the main films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know this history goes on for you know thousands of years that Tolkien devoted most of his life to creating. But um, do you think that um, is that too far far flung from the Lord of the Rings of everyone's imaginations? Yeah, kind of. That's one thing I wonder, and whether so. I'm broadly in favour in favour of it, and I think it makes sense to do a direct... And you want to direct? Yeah, I think... Um, a, couple, a couple of things. So, firstly, if we were going to go with your idea of going somewhere else in the universe, then in terms of attracting people to watch it, and at the end of the day, Amazon and Netflix aren't buying, buying these rights just to aim to a small proportion of diehard fans of the you know, of the novel and of the universe. They, they want to get a wide audience into it. Now, you can do that with a great story, it's true. And Game of Thrones, not a massive amount of people knew about the books until the series, to a certain until yeah. the TV series. So you, you managed to get people invested. But are you not going to have an easier time getting people to come and watch your show if they know they're going to see a new take on Gollum, a new take on Frodo and Sam? I disagree. I feel like as soon as people watch the first episode, they're going to go, oh... That's not as good as Fellowship of the Ring. Switch off. You're not going to be able to get a better actor than Ian McKellen to do Gandalf or like mm-hmm. or Sean Bean to do, um, God, what's his name? Who, who are you thinking? Sorry, Go- yeah. for Gollum. Sean Bean. Oh, Sean Bean is uh, Boromir. Is Bor- yeah, <laughs> a better actor to do Boromir. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, I I think that. But how do you how do you hook them? I think you just say then? this is Lord of the Rings. Okay. This is our new Lord of the Rings TV show. It's all you have to say, and then make new characters. Don't not make new characters, but base them, you know, largely off of the lore that's already there. Mm-hmm. Base it in another area of Middle Earth. Maybe get the Witch King of Inarn or Numenor, something like that. Maybe one of Sauron's earlier, earlier campaigns. But okay. to just rehash uh, Lord of the Rings and directly adapt it. Uh, to me, it would just be it would strike a comparison that you wouldn't want to do. It would be like Amazon going out and saying, "I don't, really, you know, Dark Knight was a good film, but I think we could do it better." And this is not going to happen. Um, well, you know, Batman vs Superman was a pretty <laughs> amazing, you know, Dark Knight Returns, of course. So. No, I mean, either way, I'd watch it. Um, but is it? Um, I don't think it would lend itself to TV as well. Um, the Lord of the Rings itself. I mean, there is, I mean, there's a lot to explore. So maybe I'm wrong. It's. I mean, I suppose the. The other other thing is okay. So let's let's 
rumble- rumblings of HBO and Amazon <laughs> listening in on us and getting our ideas. Um, if you go for... Because it's going to be hard to go after the Lord of the Rings storyline because... It has to be before, yeah. The fourth age is boring. But The Hobbit struggled a little bit with that idea of certain characters and maybe that's why you need to go so far back that it can't affect the Lord of the Rings. But And same with Shadow of War. Certain characters can't die because they need to survive. Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't... I'd set it you know, hundreds of years before. I'd set it back in, yeah, um, yeah, like in Numenor or in Arnor, just... Um, Would you need to take out elements though, like Sauron as well? Because you know that Sauron, in some form, even if he gets beaten here, is going to survive and come back in in the Lord of the Rings. Is that But there's there's large there's large portions of history of Middle-earth where Sauron isn't really around. Like, he's... Mm. There's, he he has so many campaigns where he just gets beaten back and hides in Mordor for a few hundred years, then comes back. And yeah. there's there's different elements. You know, you know, you could do like explore the Witch King or, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do think it would work if it, you know if done correctly with the right team to you know directly adapt Lord of the Rings. Um, you could definitely do bits differently. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it would you know it would be a great comparison between that and the films. I think the key word you use there is differently, though. I think uh, one example, when you were originally saying about the comparisons, is, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a series called Bates Motel. Yeah. uh, Which obviously uh, does, like, a prelude to Psycho, the Hitchcock film, and then eventually uh, adapts the events of Psycho. uh, But it does a very different retelling whereby the film. And that works, and it's not a really high-budget sort of operation, so you're you are kind of more getting invested because you've gotten to know Norman Bates and the characters like that. And it's a very different spin on it, but because you've gotten invested gradually over the time in it, you've you've still enjoyed it. And it's not kind of superior slash inferior to the original Psycho because it's... It's inferior. Uh, I think... They're, they're two very, they're two very different things. That's a very, you know, masterpiece of horror. And Bates Motel, I find almost like soap opera-ish sometimes. It, it had its, a lot of filler and soap and opera to it. It's almost like uh, they they've taken the elements of Psycho, but they yeah, they're doing their own thing. But it's more. Did you watch it through to the end? I'm not. I'm only season. I've only. I'm season two or something. But um, I would say maybe if you can jump forward a bit. Season five on its own is this like fantastic Psycho adaptation and things that I thought did away with a lot of the soap opera and filler to a certain extent. So maybe I'm. But a, lot, a lot of it is American American teen drama. Sure. A lot of it is kind of. Um, you know, like budget horror kind of. Some of it's a bit creepy. Then it's got kind of just kind of underlying drama of the you know weed and anyway. Um, <laughs> the underlying drama I, of the weed. Uh. But I see your I see your point. I see your point about um, about it. You know, doing it things differently. But I, you know, Lord of the Rings. You can't not focus on Frodo's journey with the ring to Mordor. But you, you could can't... have whole episodes dedicated to each section of it whereas they get you know certain uh, the scenes have to keep flitting backwards and forwards in the film spend the whole season with Tom Bombadil and (laughs) that that was like the immediate thought when they're like we're doing a you know if we're doing a direct Lord of the Rings adaptation we know fans have been waiting for Tom Bombadil after not having him in the films or the extended editions that's the first thing I thought of as well actually (laughs) we're giving him we're giving them Tom Bombadil I think you might maybe have one season per book something like that so you have three seasons yeah, I mean, there's so you could you could just I mean it would probably lose a lot lose a lot of the kind of 
urgency that the films had, but you probably could just you know just completely focus on you know Rivendell for a season or mm. focus on Isengard, not a season, but you know a good few episodes. Focus on the uh, Hobbits being taken to Isengard. Yeah. You might well, say. You, yeah, well, you, well, they would be. I mean, uh, in the books, um, Saruman marches an army to the Shire and enslaves the Hobbits, so you could. That's uh, towards the towards end the end. Of the Return of the King, isn't and it? he goes over there and he's in, they're all enslaved, like and then but in the book in the films it's they march over to Isengard and it's fine, but yeah. he goes and just enslaves them and they have to go back from Mordor and, and Gondor to run over there and um, free the hobbits. They, I, I can sort of see why they cut why they cut that given it, all the It could be quite comical. <laughs> but given the sort of multiple endings idea, you then have and then you have another ending which is like a Jabba's Palace style hour long sequence of freeing the freeing the hobbits from Saruman. Yeah, I can definitely see why that yeah. But the book you could maybe do that. You, here, there's there's a lot they do a lot differently that Peter Jackson did differently that mm. you could then adapt more um faithfully more faithfully or do different stuff maybe um focus on um you know gondor more the politics of it that mm-hmm. wasn't explored as much um yeah they had to sketch i feel like sketch over yeah. certain aspects of that to get the momentum of the plot still going yeah i mean i'm happy i'm excited about that if it does actually happen and i think amazon do have the money to make it actually happen but, um, but, you know, whoever it Netflix, comes into, Amazon or Netflix, have the money to do it. Need to do, they things. need to do it well, so... I'm, I'm sure they've got every intention <laughs> of doing it well, whatever they do. But it'll be interesting, like you say, to see whether it's direct or whether it's somewhere else in the universe. Cool. I think we've done that uh, topic to death now. <laughs> and now onto another huge <laughs> topic. Like watching The Hobbit. But, uh, <laughs> do, you to, do you want to introduce this, this topic? I can do, yeah. So, whilst we're on the topic of... Uh, Deals and sales and everything going back on right deals. now. Yeah, exactly. Lots of money. It's like me uh, going through the back door to get that uh, connection in. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got uh, talk, supposed talks, a lot of rumours and reports of talks between Disney and uh, 21st Century Fox, the overall company which owns 20th Century Fox and the Fox TV channel, uh, talking about the idea of a merger, talking about Disney buying Fox, uh, particularly for their film and TV studios and the content that would bring to their streaming service they've got planned for 2019. So that's, you know, there are ideas about it and there's talks obviously about does this mean we're going to get Marvel and X-Men crossing over and all all this kind of baggage. So what are your initial Um, Yeah, there's been a lot of reports about this and it's obviously like lit up a lot of parts of the internet. Um, (laughs) That doesn't sound like the internet to light up over the first news story. Yeah, I mean, there's reports that this is, you might still be ongoing. There's reports, a lot of reports that it's dead now, that they couldn't come to an agreement. Uh, There was reports that they wanted to buy it all, like... No, more than just the TV and film uh, departments, but you know, very contrasting things. Yeah, it pre- depends on who you talk to. And you're, you're never really, you're never really going to get the, you know, the full story until it, if it does happen or doesn't. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like it would be hugely exciting to have uh, X Men back into the fold uh, of the M- MCU or in the fold of the MCU. Mm. The, you know, the the fanboy of having like X Men versus Avengers and stuff like that. Or in Fantastic Four as well, it really, really integral to the comics. Um, I'm sure the comics would love the idea as well because Fantastic Four have basically been chucked out of Marvel Comics recently because of uh, how terribly their last film reboot went. So. Yeah, it is a shame because they, you know, they historically have been quite important mm. uh, to my understanding. So yeah, I mean, if it went through, it would be good. But uh, you know, in terms of another streaming service that I don't really want to pay for. It, and this is kind of a side note to this story, but mm. you know, Disney launching the streaming service, I'd st- will I be bothered to pay for it? another streaming service after Netflix and Amazon? I don't know, but yeah, this this could be this could be a good move. 
and we were, we were kind of formulating before the podcast about mm. fun and interesting combinations of, of properties that could that could come about. Yeah, once you've got the two. Thinking about it, Fox owns Alien. Fox owns oh. the Alien franchise. So you have heard the, the little green men from Toy Story like crossover <laughs> with a Z. With a, with a Z. I love that that was my first <laughs> instinct. <laughs> <laughs> or the Xenomorphs come into the Star the Wars claw. universe, you know. <laughs> the claw. And then they realise it's the claw of a Xenomorph. Just, uh... I'm a Xenomorph and like an Iron Man or like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that was my first Toy Story covenant, you know. <laughs> That'd be a darker turn for There's that potential universe. there. I mean, I, I don't actually mind them being t- two separate entities. It's kind of worked uh, fairly well in terms of quality. I assume we're talking Disney and Fox and not Toy Story. No. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I think both franchises have had their moments without that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so much room for crossover. It's like even more so than Predator. You know, there's so much. You have got Woody riding his animorph into battle. And Buzz Lightyear, like you know, it's... there's so much. It's... Maybe that's where you know Buzz Lightyear's home planet Zorg created the aliens. Wow, that yeah. <laughs> that would be a new take on it. It's like the prequel to Prometheus, of where, yeah. how that came about. Maybe yeah, maybe Zerg, or whatever he's, is it Zerg or Zorg? Zerg created Zerg, yeah. Zerg created the uh, the initial Prometheans. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we I mean, could it be really cool if this this move went through? Maybe it, as Trump would say, it's a too too big a concentration of power. I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's probably. Are how you happy about this? Uh, this rumor that might not even be news. I'm outraged by this rumor that might not <laughs> might not actually be news, and so I don't need to get outraged about. Um, well, yeah, I, obviously, I like I like the idea of the X Men uh, featuring in the Marvel universe. That's fairly obvious. Although the X Men series has been doing well off its own back recently. Logan, Deadpool, uh, intrigued by what New Mutants is going to be like, so it's doing okay on its own. Um, but having said that, like it does mean if we lose Fox, that does does their logo go from the branding of X Men and everything all together? It's a studio that's been around for God knows how many decades. I think it would at the same time be a great shame to imagine a world where you're never going to see the sort of twentieth century Fox logo come up in front of a film again because they've done some fantastic films over the years. You say we say about Alien, joking about the Toy Story, but the original Alien, Aliens, was some of people's favourite films, you know, of all Fantastic time. And I imagine they just buy a lot of the... I, it's more like a pick and mix in my head. Disney's like, <laughs> oh, if you give us these ones, you know, I reckon they'll just take a few of the properties rather than taking the whole merge... The whole, you can't merge Fox. I'm Fox by the European Commission for a second there. Just going, no, if, if you want... Yeah. You can't just have Kingsman. You've got to take Alien too. I know we've tarnished that franchise, but... So you don't have access it's to the they're, they're, they're both so huge in terms of scale and mm. history. Um, and like the reports which said these discussions are dead are probably ones I actually believe the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be cool. Uh, even if they could come to an agreement outside of this to, you know, to include X-Men in... Uh, As they did with Sony yeah, it did do a Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, obviously, it means if Fox are considering it, then... I'm sure Fox aren't in a dire financial state, but they wouldn't be looking around and making these discussions if they were on fighting form, whereby, you know, they don't need anyone to buy them. So it does, you know, it offers a bit of cause for concern about their future, at least in as a film studio. Well, Disney, studio. Disney do seem to just be, you know, so vast and constantly expanding. They just mm. do kind of want to keep snapping up, snapping up things. But this would be, a you know, 
almost a different scale. As mergers go, this would probably bigger than, bigger than the Star Wars, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'd say this would probably rank among some of the biggest kind of mergers they've ever. And it might be it might actually be to the you know detractment of of good storytelling if you know if they just control all of the best creative licenses and you you might end up not having I mean at the moment they're in quite good form as well you know good good movies Mm -hmm. good storytelling Star Wars Pixar all of that doing you know all doing firing quite well but if you you know go ten fifteen years down the line when Mm -hmm. you know people have moved on there's different teams they might not have you've got this concentration of power it, you know it could it could be damaging to you know up and coming creators yeah i mean some of the best films and uh creative output ever can come through competition can come through going this is what our rival is doing let's do and i would argue logan, logan to a was certain the result extent, of that yeah was very much and deadpool to a certain extent look we're gonna go uh r-rated slash 15 rated here and we're doing that because not many of our competitors are trying it and it and it paid off for them so hopefully you know maybe disney would let the certain execs at the top of fox were they to merge kind of still do their own thing Mm. because it'd be healthy then for the studio to have a really diverse yeah range of output so we'll see next story it's gone on disney news anyway (laughs) but uh there was the announcement of a New Star Wars trilogy mm-hmm. and a new TV series. Yes, there were. Uh, the TV, the trilogy will be hemmed by Ryan Johnson. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that that one, I thought that the moment I read it, I thought, and a couple of reporters first said he's going to write and direct all three. He is going to. They've said launch the trilogy. He's going to write and direct the first one, and then maybe in a producer capacity at least be involved with the other two like an abrams style role yeah but he hasn't yet confirmed that he will write and direct the second and third and that may be that may uh, depend on how well the last jedi have received and uh, he how literally well it... tweeted Did you i, see I it? really, yeah. I, I really I re- hope no, I, no i really hope that you enjoy it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm sure disney are hoping that as well so. yeah yeah um, but yeah so he he's going to write and direct the first of the trilogy and then the other two we're not sure yet, but uh, but he's going to be involved in some capacity all the way through. Endless Star Wars until the end, <laughs> until we die. I couldn't help but think of the uh, Mr. Plinkett yeah. review uh, on Red Letter Media of Force Awakens, where he sort of does envision, tw- you know, <laughs> infinite Star Wars films, <laughs> and one that's going to be called Infinite Lightsabers. <laughs> just this idea that they're going to keep going on, and Kathleen Kennedy has talked about the next ten years of Star Wars, so that's. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, oh, we're going to talk about what uh, we're going to do next to Ray and Finn. And, and a big, oh, big big part of this Star Wars announcement, I was thinking, was that she says the, this tr- new trilogy, uh, she calls it like a blank canvas, it's going to be a new part of the galaxy. And she says it's going to be separate from the episodic Skywalker saga. She doesn't say there the Skywalker saga ends with episode nine. No. So I'm wondering almost, are they going to alternate trilogies? Are you going to literally go, uh, so 2020, I think, is the first time we don't have a Star Wars film yet planned. 2020, the new trilogy. 2020, uh, 2021, episode 10. 2022, the new trilogy, part two. Are you going to keep alternating oh, between, don't, <laughs> between oh, don't. Endless trilogy. Star Wars. Endless, buy the merchandise, kids. <laughs> buy the merchandise, get the porgs. Get the, get the porgs, get the cuter and cutest animals. Endless Non-stop, porgs. endless lightsabers. It's just going to be a Porg dedicated film that's just about their community. Oh, it's just kind of... Star Wars, for me, it was always kind of 
that generational thing. Even the, I mean, even the prequels when I was young, I, I liked them, and I got older and realized they weren't so so great. But you know, That's you had the original putting it. Yeah, the original trilogy, which everyone loved, and it was kind of like the older generational, and everyone lived through it. Who's you know older than us? You got to the prequels and you go, oh, okay, they're not very good, but at least we kind of experienced that. Mm. And then I thought, okay, this next trilogy will be like that next stepping stone. And now it's just like the well, MCU. It, it is going to be a generational thing because when your kid gets born, you're going to go, okay, you've got 10 Star Wars films to catch up on from the last <laughs> oh. generation. It's, you're just, the generations are just going to be weight, uh, overwhelmed by the weight of what they have to catch up on to, <laughs> to, get, to get there. You've already got like, uh, what, six, seven, eight. And to, if you want to get up to date with Star Wars right now, you've got to watch... I think eight films before you even get to episode eight. As uh, as George Lucas <laughs> said when he sold the the property to the white slavers, <laughs> <laughs> he could have he could have known this would happen. <laughs> he could also have worded that sentence better. But uh, that's a direct quote, by the way. Yeah, that is a just, direct just quote. To, just to re- reinforce that. But yeah. Um, yeah, more Star Wars, woo. I- including, I know you were talking <laughs> about their streaming service, including a new TV yeah. series as well. Woo! Yay! I mean, is it going to be Underworld? Is it going I hope to be that so. Series they were developing. For I you? hope so. I mean, I hope they just get away from this vile Skywalker family and it's in its offshoots because they're ruining the galaxy. The whole galaxy should just get around a you know get around a table and say, you know what, these Skywalkers they should just be a, you know wiped from the galaxy, every trace of them. I'm sure that'll be episode ten. Is them um, going on a genocide? They should genocide. genocide yeah, they should genocide the Skywalkers and then kill all the all the Force wielders and then everything would be fine. Yeah. Just have Palpatine come back and go, well, we're going to take down the Skywalkers. They are the main problem here. Let's. I both... am the Senate. <laughs> you have three films with them, the Skywalkers as the antagonists. That would be a different way of doing it. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got you've got potential. To be, right? It's to be expected. I mean, I didn't expect, I didn't really expect Ryan Johnson to be involved. Um, so you know, without actually having seen the reaction to his his first film, uh, Last Jedi. Hopefully, um, I guess Disney have a good good enough. I reckon they, they think that this is going to be good. Yeah, film, so. and also um, the fact that, that you know there's been so much struggle in terms of keeping directors mm. and hanging on to them. They've finally found one who doesn't seem to mind about so the creative la- differences. Latched on they've latched onto the one who doesn't seem to complain too much or want to do his own thing by the sounds of it. Or maybe he does. Or maybe they it's in keeping with the kind of Star Wars plan they have for the next mm. 10 years these these white slavers <laughs> maybe maybe if Abrams goes well with episode 9 they'll be like well we don't know if Rianne wants to do uh, all three but let's keep yeah there's, all three films Hen, can you come and do Hen Rianne Johnson is it R- Ryan or Rianne I always wonder I, I think it might be Rianne or Rian like it's, I think it's actually a strangest strange pronunciation of how you say it he's a strange man so he's a strange man indeed <laughs> so uh, strange enough to direct three more films so yeah or, or at least one more anyway we'll look forward to those with you know anticipation you, you sound so excited <laughs> there like if they were coming right next door you'd just be there front of the queue going give me i can't wait to see tie fighters and 8080s <laughs> and the millennium falcon and chewbacca don't forget r2d2 and c3po i can't every... wait and space battles. <laughs> the worst bit is and I, Death Stars. Worst bit is I heard a rumor uh, that people have seen Vader on uh, Vader on set of the solo film, as if like you can't have a Star Wars film without Anakin and Vader's presence and some. Oh, I'm actually getting a bit ill talking about that. I mean, <laughs> we've not even started talking about Walking Dead yet, so. Okay, let's move from from this part of the universe to another part of our universe. Let's uh, talk about. I mean, this is a very short news story, but we've got a new costume for for Jodie Whittaker's uh, Doctor. Yeah. Um, it's nice. 
I don't mean I don't think me me and Tom have the you know the incredible fashion skills to dissect the outfit and what it means. But, yeah, um, there's a, there's a reason why like we're called cultverse and we talk not about like fashion verse. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's um it's very huish. It reminds me of kind of the fifth Doctor and fourth Doctor kind of look. Sometimes mm. um, it's very alien. I've seen a lot of people hating on it. Um, a lot, a few people on social media. Do people really hate, hate on stuff? That's crazy. Not... A lot of people have been hating on it, saying, "Well, just because you cast a woman doesn't mean you have to dre- make her dress like a man." Um, um, <laughs> right. And I, and I, I think she has a, you know, a role in choosing her outfit, as most doctors do. So. I would like to think she had some input. Yeah. She wasn't just like brought on to so, say, like, like, "This is your outfit." You get it, it looks alright. It looks a bit, uh, you know, she's going to do a lot of running in it. Obviously, it's Doctor Who, so it doesn't. It looks like. You know, a bit annoying to run in, but uh, you know, it's got like the suspenders, which look okay. Well, Matt um, Smith had suspenders, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but her, her like jacket coat thing is much more flowy. I don't know. Again, David, well, David, David Tennant had, had a much, flowy yeah. sort of coat. You can, she can have episodes with it on and off. Like there's, yeah, it looks good. I think, I think it looks quite good actually. It's quite yeah. diff- something different, breath of fresh air. I think the doctor, the doctor is quirky, and I think with. I'm sure with, I don't remember my instant reaction to Matt Smith's costume when I first saw it. I wasn't a fan of it, it when but, I first saw it, no. But then you give it, pretty much for me, till the end of the 11th hour when you see him put it on. You f- it fits him so well when he first puts that on. Exactly, yeah. It's a bit weird that he goes through loads of, you know, people, patients' clothes <laughs> and fetches out these, like, designer shirt and you bow tie. You feel sorry for the patient who's probably evacuated out of the hospital. They should do the a time. joke, like, they should have a joke about that, like, where's my bow tie gone? Some old bloke. <laughs> You know. have this elderly nude guy. She's coming like I've been trying to get like a new well, like, suit for. There's a guy in there. Like on my medication, I left it in my in my jacket pocket. Do mm. you know where it is, nurse? <laughs> I'm afraid this weird man came in and stole my jacket. And, and then the whole arc of the series will be it gets revenge. Be. He's the villain. Exactly. It's gonna be the him sort of. He's so scorned <laughs> that, um, that he's gonna be the, 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 the white man will be the first villain of the thirteenth Doctor era. Stole my meds. <laughs> Stop my meds! What are you doing? <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, that sounds like it's that is the news. A great um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a quirky costume, and I think once you hopefully once we've seen her in a couple of episodes with it, it'll just seem like a natural kind of progression and something befitting of her character. So there's nothing wrong with it, and it's um, I don't know, and there's a new TARDIS as well, looks, kind of a looks crap. Really, you're not a fan? Looks, looks they beat, haven't done too beaten much up to it. And... No, no, it looks, I mean, it's fine, but it's just like, I've liked the 2010, I think, clean version, the nice, that was my favourite. Uh, the 2010 where you had, like, the, the brighter blue. The brighter blue and the very stark white windows. And I think they actually, yeah. on this one, they've inverted the colour of the sign. So it was white with black text, and now it's black, black with, with white, white text. Ah. It's like, ooh, inverting expectations. Ooh, <laughs> ooh we're so We're so edgy. <laughs> the doctor's turned into a woman, and now look, the sign has ooh. changed. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. I think they, they've changed the colours, but yeah, it's I mean, it's a, fine. It's all changing. It's a blue box. It's, it te- you know, travels in space and time. What more do you need? Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm really not too bothered about how the TARDIS looks, and I think towards the end of the Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi era, we started to see like the same shot of the TARDIS flying through space recycled quite a lot. So I wouldn't mind a new design. I wouldn't mind a new CGI department. I mean, for the <laughs> show, I mean, it's stuck in like early 2000s level CGI when other shows... Well, we all thought it was going to be Russell T. Davies' TARDIS, didn't we? When yeah, when you saw that trailer. Oh, <laughs> With a terrible kind of shot. Well, I could have the... done that. Like, yeah, I don't know. If you if you get a chance to see that Doctor Who... Uh, the. 14th, 14th? Uh, 13th. 13th reveal. And it's just 
cut out the 2005 RTD era TARDIS and put it on the... Oh, it's awful. It's really... It's like they got some intern to do it. It's like, oh, here you go. We, we, we haven't got any actual pictures of a new TARDIS yet. They could have just used Capaldi's picture Tom. of that and it would have made more sense. Yeah, I, I think maybe we'll just see... Maybe the TARDIS will do an evolution like it did in the 11th hour and... You'll see. I'm more interested to see what the new inside looks yeah. like at the end of the Should day. That's cool. where you're going to spend ten minutes of an episode. I'm really sad we didn't get much. We didn't get much time actually to spend with uh, Matt Smith's first interior, the uh, sort of orangey orange. one. I, that's my favourite one, and it got destroyed. Uh, well, not destroyed, but they, they changed it. To be fair, we got about two. I think we got two, two, two full seasons. Then halfway through season seven. The snowman, the it snowman suddenly it, yeah. changed to the metallic one we but had. I, but I hated that one. And yeah, we, we've had it one. ever since. Yeah. It, well, you got a bookcase or whatever oh. on there. And, and a seat and the white uh, so chalkboard to write on, and that was about it. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> on a, <laughs> I on think we'll, we'll leave that discussion for <laughs> another time, but... It's bringing me. It's giving me uh, PTSD from our early podcast where we exclusively talked about Doctor Who. Oh, good times, good times. And speaking of stuff giving us PTSD, <laughs> The Walking Dead. Yeah. AMC season yeah. eight. Thank you for introducing the channel where it was on because I I feel like it's quite pivotal to this discussion. Previously, AMC is The Walking Dead. <laughs> we only have to kill one. One guy dies today. And then he walks out. And then they kill a lot more than one guy anyway. So, so this is uh, season eight, episodes one to three discussion. If you've not seen them, steer clear, because we're going to be uh, dissecting them and uh, talking about them. Although I would argue steer clear anyway <laughs> of, of the episodes. Because... Yeah, I mean, steer clear. I mean, whoever's still watching this show, um, probably no one. But we, we used that three on one to three. Uh, I think four came out last night, actually. Or uh... tonight? Tonight. It comes uh, out tonight. The time we're recording, it's it Sunday, comes out. Sunday night. It'll come out tonight. Uh, so we'll talk, we might talk about the um, a few more episodes in a few weeks, but if we can bear to watch any more. Yeah. Um, Which might be, might be a challenge. Are you enjoying, are you enjoying this season? No. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a word, no. Um, no. The just answer no. is no. I mean... Just no. There's a lot going wrong with it. I mean, you start off in the in the first ep. Um, you've got you've got flashbacks or flash forwards to old man Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, and you, or are they hallucinations? You know, you, who knows? And you've got you've got like a weird close up of his eyes. They look a bit red. Like he looks like he's having a bit of a rough time. Is that the same time as when he's meant to be looking at two graves? Like you uh, see it there with two mounds yeah. kind of with uh, crosses by them. And then you, and you, in Walking Dead has done this in the past, but done it a lot better. Where it's kind of mixed up the timelines a bit. Mm. Um, it's done it, you know, to good effect in other episodes. But this one, it's just like, what are you doing? I can't tell what's happening. I don't know what's what's going on. No. Um, and then, and then you've got Rick, you know, making this speech about. Uh, it's not a very good speech. He's talking about only one man needs to die today. <laughs> And, 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 and but it's not true because then in the next three episodes the massive I should have counted how many they killed but it must be in the hundreds by now. Literally, episodes two seem to be dedicated pretty much to people shooting at each other and killing each other. It was for just 40 like minutes. I mean, and then like their their big plan was to roll up to roll up to Negan's mm. in their like little armored cars and then uh, build that wall. Yeah, that they did kind of along pull the side. and then got about twenty guns aimed at the door like waiting to kill that one guy and. Mm. Then, and then Negan comes out and he's like, hello, Rick. <laughs> what about me? And, and then it's just ridiculous. And then it's the same old thing of, oh, and now we're going to bring Gregory out. Remember, you love Gregory. <laughs> we all love Gregory. He's a good human shield. And it's like, Do you, have you done your research? Of course he's not going <laughs> to. But like, this is ridiculous. He has no sway at the hilltop anymore. No. 
um, and you've got all those lieutenants. You could have killed the entire, you know, control command uh, hierarchy of this organization in one. Absolutely, you could have put quite a dent and kill Eugene for, right for good for good tidings as well. He's I'd, stupid. I'd almost forgotten that <laughs> uh, Eugene hasn't been seen since episode one now, but I'd almost forgotten Eugene was there. It was you could have literally just sprayed, killed all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it, presumably the rest of the series would have, you know, surrendered or joined or whatever. It would have, it would have been so much easier. Or they easier. would have been without leadership. So anyway, without leadership, so easily no killed. Chance. Or you could have probably incorporated them in and mm-hmm. killed the rowdy ones. But no, can't do that because it's Walking Dead and people don't make decisions and nothing happens correctly. So that, yeah. And then Rick has Stormtrooper aim when he's shooting at Negan. Oh, I think that's the perfect way of describing and he that. Can't, and he just gets pulled away because he can't die because you need him to last for the whole season and kill him at the end because mm-hmm. that would be dramatic, won't it? And then you get Gabriel who wanders in and helps... Oh, just, I'm Wanders in and helps Gregory. And... Yeah, and he goes in and he's like, oh, he trapped with Negan. Oh my God, <laughs> what's going to happen next on The Walking Dead? I tell you what's going to happen next. <laughs> You better get your, <laughs> your shit and pants. Shit and pants Hope you're wearing your shit and pants. Because you are going to shit your pants. And it's such eloquent, uh, de- like deep dialogue. Yeah, you know, like the when right I was into it, I was like, I'm sure, was it King Lear? Or yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when, you know, Edmund and King Lear was like, Edgar, you, be- you better get your shit and pants <laughs> on. Because, <laughs> brother, you are going to shit your pants. Uh, and then the one next of my favourite favorite lines. Two episodes... Uh, yeah, it's just people shooting at each other for two. I can't really distinguish between the two and three. They were both quite similar. They all sort of blur into one. And then you've got this thematic uh, device, which is like, oh, maybe we're the bad guys because you know they're killing people. They're you know they're giving people chances and then killing them. Mm-hmm. Rick has that talk with the um, the guy back in season one. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Who I didn't recognise, and I don't think anyone else did. No, but... I had to go and read some reviews to actually tell me, no, this was the person you were meant to know from six years back. And he has a good little talk, and then Dale shoots him, and it's like, oh, maybe we're the bad guys. Mm. And then maybe, and then it's just this, these themes that have been explored to death on this show in a loop forever and ever. <laughs> um, it, it does feel like the show has just, like you said, gone into this loop of just doing the same themes and ideas of morality and can morality survive in a world of a dystopia. And then people go pacifist and then they get the trade and like we won't go that that won't be that stupid again and then they in like two seasons later they're doing they the same thing. They are stupid again, you know. You've got, you've got Gabriel saving the guy um, and then getting trapped and it's just like oh what are you doing? <laughs> and no doubt Gabriel will later in the season go okay I'm never going to make that mistake again of you know saving someone. <laughs> um, I've got a, you know, now I'm turning over a new leaf and then the next season I'll go, but, but I'm religious. Actually, I need to save people and it'll be and the you've same got loop this, again. you've got this, uh, this herd of walkers that are, you know, going towards the saviour's base, mm. but there's, n- there's no threat at all from uh, the walkers anymore. They're Considering just... it's called The Walking Dead. Like... I don't even have a problem with that. I mean, that is kind of the evolution you'd think of the show. And in the comics, that kind of is what happens. You know, it starts off, people are battling the dead, um, just trying to survive, and then they kind of, you know, learn to live in the world, and it's the humans which are the main enemy. Mm. The real monsters. The real monsters. The real monsters. The and then, but it's just ridiculous. I mean, because it's not been handled well. Mm. There's, this is this conflict I've always fought between the Saviors and, and Rick's, Rick's squad. It's just so black and white. Because mm. if you explore it, you know, starting off, they attacked the satellite base first. They killed like 40 people just mm-hmm. as a precaution. Then they bumped into Negan and the crew. Negan kills two guys. Yeah. In, in black, on you know on paper, Rick's team are the bad guys. 
if you, it's not. I mean, not how it's been explored because you know Negan's a stupid, weird man. Yeah. And they're all they're all white, you know, nationalist. There's, there's no like much, yeah, they're white slavers. <laughs> there's not much diversity in, in his ranks, and they're presented in this way. Mm. But if they presented it in a nuanced way and made and you know scaled back Negan, made him much more believable, make him actually scary, like in the comics, they could have done this, presented this struggle in such a more nuanced and you know, not a black and white way, and, really and the conflict would be shades of gray, yeah, yeah, and the conflict would be more, you know, you'd be more invested in it because you know you don't want either of them really to die. Cause you get, you know, you have more development from both sides. Mm-hmm. But no, like Negan's, the saviors are just entirely evil, and they must be killed, and they're just dispatched like they're walkers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, part of the problem. I think is that a couple of a couple of seasons back, if you'd had Negan, let's say, in the series three let's say at that point i was still invested enough in rick and carl in their you know in the family unit and uh and losing old friends and family like uh laurie and shane um i was invested in them and you know uh, carol gradually becoming more badass over the years and uh daryl getting out of his brother's shadow over the years invested in all that and so when they went up like against characters like uh the general was it david morrissey's character you know, and but you got invested in why David Morrissey was doing the things he was doing as well, and that was, if you'd had Negan back then, I think you probably would have like because you'd cared enough for the characters, the main characters back then, also been invested enough, even if Negan wasn't the best depicted. But by this point, like like you were saying about character arcs, Rick has just gone through the same motions all the time to the point where you're almost laughing at how can he not be learning from what's happened before you know uh carl barely seems to do anything these days in the show other than pine over enid to a certain extent or you know mope about just kind of his injuries and stuff and i just yeah the show doesn't seem to be able to find anything new to do with any of the characters and if you're struggling with that then at that point you're losing people's the the hook into the narrative and it's suffering in viewership and from what i've seen you know Mm -hmm. it's not doing as well as in its past seasons um you've got you've got weird characters like jesus who as a viewer you're screaming at the screen because we've (laughs) watched eight seasons of stupid characters you know trying to save people Mm -hmm. uh, believe them when they're being sincere and they get betrayed and then we're watching this guy and we're meant to care about this fight between him and morgan yeah and morgan's done that journey about three times himself he's gone from you know caring about people from going mental with the loss of his son mm. uh, and then going coming back to be a pacifist like jedi and then he comes back and he's now he's like murdering people at will and he's got like aimbot with his one pistol and yeah. he's just like, going mad and then it's oh. and I don't, I, I don't consider it on a random note with it i don't consider myself like a, a sadistic person this is going to sound odd to say but um <laughs> i shouldn't be like willing characters no, to issue. die um when that's not the intent of the showrunners. The, the showrunners don't want you to want Jesus to die. But when Morgan and Jesus were fighting, I'm like, you know what? Kill it's going to save us a lot of drama in the future if you kill Jesus now. And same with Gregory. If Maggie had just <laughs> held up the gun and shot Gregory when he was going to the gate, sure, these characters are adding nothing to the show. And the and thing that, you know, the thing that Game of Thrones does masterfully is when you're watching that loot train attack... You have, mm-hmm. you're watching two sides, and you have 
big characters on each side and you spent so much time with that, uh, that was the one where Daenerys yeah. was attacking uh, and you Jerry. don't know who you want to win because you know you, you, you know, you've spent so much time with both you know both sides you don't want Jamie to die you don't want Daenerys to die you that don't... moment when you had Jamie yeah. running with the like, sword you know Daenerys... I love Jamie but I don't really want Daenerys to die and you've got char- you just don't know and that's, that's what you know a conflict should be mm. and Walking Dead could emulate that just as easily if they'd focused on you know exploring Negan and Exploring his like lieutenants, maybe they have a bit more you know human side to them. But what, what about the zombie kind of apocalypse drove them to yeah, that point? You know, but they're just, just they're just fodder, and Negan's not a believable character. Yeah. And when when Morgan's going through that compound, just executing people at will, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, just get rid of this and get to the plot and get to the characters I care about. I care about the main cast from you know season one and two because. Back in those days, there wasn't a such a huge cast, and you had more time spent on them. Yeah, you would just have. A and it's kind of like my group. leftover commitment from those seasons, where I'm like, okay, I, I don't want Rick to. Rick's been annoying me for three seasons, and he's not been doing stuff that I think are believable. But you know, I want him to still succeed because he was good back in those days, and he had time. So the, you know, Negan could have been this driving force. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have to be human. He could have done the full villain. You know, oh, I thought you meant having like as an alien creature or something. No, like no, but <laughs> he doesn't even need to be human. You know? No, he doesn't even have to be like. Um, he, he could just go full villain, get rid of all this charismatic. Well, I wouldn't say charismatic, but all this rubbish about shitting pants and stuff. Just <laughs> get, get rid, of, rid that. of that line. Wouldn't have hurt. Just get start, rid of all but... of that, and, and you know, tone it down. You know, mm-hmm. I, I understand this is comic book adaptation, but turn it back into you know more believable real drama. And Negan should have been the one to you know cull this cast. There should be about. 10 main characters I care about mm. that's a lot but at the moment there's like 30 and I, I 30 lose... that, not that you care about not that I but care that about. you're there's, meant to care about I don't care about Jesus I don't really Morgan I have a little bit of leftover nostalgia from the first episode but he's mm. just been annoying me for a seasons now Gabriel has done nothing to warrant my my care when he's trapped with Negan no. this show just has a you know an epidemic of characters that need to be destroyed actually there wasn't a cliffhanger to episode 3 and uh, it's something I said to you before we recorded was that uh the cliffhanger of episode three is uh, Ezekiel thinking, "Oh, we've you know we've won, we've managed to oh, take yeah. care of this base and like uh, with no one dying." And then something tapping at my brain. Um, yeah. uh, and then Ezekiel, Ezekiel was like, "Oh yeah, we've done it without no uh, without anyone dying." And then that sniper or whatever started shooting at a load of them, and people jumped on top of Ezekiel so that he wouldn't die. And it's like. If Ezekiel had been shot down there and then, what with all the speeches he's been doing recently, I don't think I would have given it. He's yet another character that they've taken very, you know, very, you know, faithfully, I think, from the comics. Mm. But, you know, comics and TV aren't the same medium and you can't just make these characters that aren't believable in a show which has, in the past, been, you know, based in some sort of, you know, reality. And you've got Ezekiel just going around, like, spending about three times longer... In speeches than you need to. It's just so mm. annoying. Like tone it down. They've tried to. They have tried to humanize him with the idea of he's like putting on a front. Yeah, because yeah, that's the Carol stuff. Ins- but it's just like. But they've repeated that a couple of times. In this well, world like, of, of you know of the, the dead are walking literally, and then you've got. So, so I've heard. They are, and then, <laughs> then you've got. Why are the people around him following him? They all just like nutter. I don't know. Anyway, he's annoying. But I, I know what you were saying. Ben. That could have been just you know a, a quarter episode yeah. cliffhanger for the ad break. Mm. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. Just, didn't didn't feel. And like no one that there. I really. I, Carol's annoyed me for seasons now. And it's like you know, if they died, I wouldn't really care. They're really mishandling all these characters. Mm. There doesn't. There shouldn't be this many. They need to cull them down. Focus on them. Get good interactions. Make the conflicts less. 
um, less black and white, more nuance, mm. um, and stop thinking that the only way to you know make things dramatic is massive gunfights. Um, you just don't need that many. You know, I I say above all, you need the per- need I think some personal like stakes in it, like a sense of these people are really in danger, and you can prove that. You know, uh, season one I seem to recall. You got about halfway through the... It was a short season, but halfway through the about season... episode three or four, and then they get attacked at night. Yeah, yeah, the campfire or whatever it is like that. And people who you've gotten to know for the last couple of episodes, uh, and it shows how much development they give them, are kills off there and then. And it gives you that sense like when Ned Stark dies in Game of Thrones season one, that no one is safe, that your some of the characters you've really grown to like can be killed off in an instant. And they tried to recapture that when Negan killed uh, Abraham and Glenn but then since then it's just been uh, killing off characters who like you say we don't care about if, if they do even kill off characters if it's not just people shooting each other and the main characters just seem to be immune to any any danger these yeah. days as well mm-hmm. um, you never have any fear that Rick or Daryl are going to get shot in that compound you know no. they're going to get out of it oh a fire extinguisher I'm out of here you know um, maybe are they Thinking about it with Rick and Daryl, you know how Daryl in episode three a couple of times uh, shot down people who he didn't necessarily. They're going to try and build to. a rivalry between them. Are they going to try? And this would be repeating it big time. Again, they've done that. Are they going to the be doing it with him and Shane, like a parallel with Shane? No, where... they won't do that. Daryl's such a fan <laughs> favorite. No, I don't think they'll do that. Um, you don't reckon that it could maybe? Be but it's just, just, you know, there's, there's so many new themes you could be exploring and new stories, and instead they're stuck in this rut of. You know, we've had success in the past. It was like, you know, the highest rated cable show mm. for a lot of years running and now they're just kind of stuck in it. And Do you think it's gone to their heads like quite a lot? With, uh, I think so. It's just lazy storytelling. And the main issue for me is the, the characters I don't think make realistic decisions. And when the story wants them to do something, they just do it. I mean, when... When the story needs uh, Alexandria to have no guns, mm. Rick gives them the guns. Why couldn't they just have... Rick have not given the guns... Um, but they, you know, instead they were transporting them somewhere else, and they hijacked. You know, there's so many. It's lazy storytelling. It is. It's ve- and it's storytelling that I think is very much driven. Uh, you've said to me before that when you we've read online about it and things that people have said about reducing the episode count, and I think it's you know 15 or 16 episodes. That is mm, up to probably if it's 40 minutes an episode, 13, 14 hours. That's a lot of time you've got to fill with a storyline and. It very much feels all the time, like you've said, uh, Negan, he was in the first episode and has disappeared since then. And you just know they're going to probably hold off until the mid-season finale or a couple before. That isn't how storytelling should work. If You don't, in a book, go, I'd hope, if you're writing a book, like start writing it and go, oh, this, this great event, I want to happen. But let's have three extra chapters of nothing happening just so that we can pad the book out a bit longer. That's not... It's just, they, just it works, they, so. they do it just to set up, like they've got, I always make this analogy, I don't know why, but there are the pieces on the board and they're just like, oh, this would be fun. Let's put <laughs> these together and then let's just figure out how they get there, you know, somewhere else. And like, oh, Negan, he can't die. He has to just, you know, he has to be at the season finale when he dies. <laughs> do you remember when Negan got shot at? The, one of the worst points when Negan got shot at and he held his baseball bat up. Oh, yeah. Before the, oh, yeah. But before the break... They, uh, and Lucille, and Lucille it just completely stops the bullet. Yeah, and then he's like, you do not do that. And I'm like, the moment you've had that, it, that it's so easy for Negan to be killed, and it was just pure dumb luck that he wasn't, it took out, when you said about uh, Negan as a villain, it took out any kind of investment in, 
oh, is, is Negan going to die? Because you just know it will happen at some point, but it will just it won't feel earned. It won't feel like he was near invincible up until that. But like even that point. even you know people I spoke to read the comics and stuff, mm. they said that Negan has never been in a position. It never was in a position in the comics where someone could just pull a gun and shoot him. Like that. He's, yeah. Whereas, you know, in last season he spent and like an hour, an extra long episode was devoted to him walking around Alexandria, <laughs> making snide comments and then walking around. And it's just ridiculous. Mm. And he's been at the he could have been killed so many times. <laughs> and it's only because of, well, even without the guns, you could, there were ways of killing someone without a gun. So with a knife or, you know, there were ways of doing it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> as we, as you can probably tell, we're not the biggest fans of uh, Walking Dead season eight thus far, but maybe who knows? Episode four might, you know, be a big turning point. Hope it has a huge plague and kills eighty percent of the cast. Um, well, you know, it could, there was a plague again. That would be repeating though, because wasn't there the oh yeah, plague in the prison? Walking Dead sound if you do, damn if you don't. It's just every trope. It's already been maybe the the garbage women come with their like garbage weapons and. <laughs> I don't know, and they they attack, you know. As we're clearly sort of coming towards wrapping up, one thing I'd say, if we spoke on our last episode with Stranger Things about wish list for season three, what if we were going blank slate next season, coming in with maybe all the characters there, but what would your ideal path be for the show to take to get itself back on course if it um, just cancelled out I'd do it for this season saying we've never seen these first three um, but I could do it for next season as well I, um, if we still got Negan in the picture I I don't know I probably would I would have handled this whole Negan saga so much differently I would have had Negan just kill there's so many more of these main characters one by one in a really dramatic fashion because <laughs> one way or the other the cast needs to be reduced you, there's no yeah. way a, a major TV show of 45 minutes a week can manage so many characters without feel, feeling really unsatisfactory probably why there are so many bumper length episodes they talk yeah. about it's because and I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Fear the Walking Dead season 3 I've heard it has a fantastic third season Okay. so I'm, I might just stop watching this and go watch that because it you know it, they're focusing on a much smaller cast in mm. cool scenarios, and I heard that um, soon they're going to actually cross over, um, which yeah. is which is a fun idea. But um, for Walking Dead, it just needs to cut the cast down. You can have a few cool characters like uh, like Ezekiel and that come in every now and then, but mm-hmm. they should focus on the main you know main cohort. Um, make make the the conflicts more nuanced. Make the make the people uh, make the saviors more. More developed, give them intent, give them motivation. There should be a reason why they're fighting for Negan, not just because, well, I wasn't really doing anything and he found me and saved me. There should be more going on there. Mm. Um, cut Carl's hair because it's vile. So, so that's one of the big like, it's, deterrents of the whole It's really annoying and it's not practical. Hair. It's not practical in a zombie apocalypse. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and just maybe even shorten the seasons down a bit, but I, I don't mind 16's fine if you do them properly. Just make characters actions believable and make sure that they're actually doing things in a you know a believable fashion and you look at a situation you should think oh yeah that's what i would have done in that situation rather mm-hmm. than just doing the most silly thing uh, and don't repeat and get new ideas new themes and for me i'd head towards more of a you know a defined ending for this series yeah ideally by season 10 i want this there i want this done i want like a an end point an end goal and, and maybe it is that 
that vision that Rick has of mm-hmm. the kind of utopian little farming society where he's old man Rick and Michonne hasn't aged, but he's there with his walking stick and Carl, you don't really see. But Please don't make us endure so many seasons that uh, Andrew Lincoln actually looks that <laughs> old. Because... <laughs> yeah, our clear endpoint, mm-hmm. uh, less black and white conflicts, more developed characters, and you, you do that by killing a lot of the cast uh, or getting rid of them or taking them out of the picture. I mean, ideally, kill the characters rather than actually killing the cast Well, either members. way it works, you know. I mean, uh, the <laughs> cast members won't be able saying, to turn up you, on well, set yeah. to, um, to yeah. film their roles, so that's one way well, That's my it. two cents on that. Okay, okay. I I think, yeah, clearly the thing I take most from what you said there is that idea of an end point, I think, is... Uh, and cutting down, uh, cutting down the ensemble, you know, making it bit more manageable so you're not having to keep jumping from setting to setting all the time so you can actually let scenes breathe a bit let more focus on the dynamics and things and uh i'd maybe like to see i don't know maybe like to see the zombies become a bit more of a threat again where whereby you do feel there is sometimes that uh they can take characters down uh, as they did in the first two seasons or you know all the horror of seeing your friends turned into zombies was powerful in the first series so i'd like to see a return to that but humans can still be the monsters that's still a cool idea to play with but yeah end point i think is the key thing go towards whether it it doesn't need to be a cure but if it's a case whereby they find a safe haven and they stay there and they can live out the rest of their lives maybe what we saw in the vision there might be zombies at the gates or wherever they are but they're safe you know largely so the show can end there i just think you need to find a way to do that and sooner rather than later I agree I can't take this is season 8 I don't think I can take much more than one or two more seasons of the show honestly so yeah, yeah. Nice uh, and on that depressing note thank you all for listening and we'll, we'll see you uh, next week hopefully for a more upbeat discussion of whatever's yeah. the main subject so uh, make sure to check out our Stranger Things season 2 review if you caught up with that um, it's a bit more enjoyable <laughs> a bit more a bit more jolly than this has been although thinking about it we've got Justice League next week so uh, <laughs> oh we might even might review that if I want to see it. We'll yeah. see. So uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you uh, message us on the social medias if you want to give us any recommendations on what to talk about. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next time. Thanks, Bye-bye. Guys.